This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. There's now more competition in Toronto for Uber and the taxi industry. Toronto Blue Jays pitcher Marcus Stroman took the first ride with Lyft this morning as he delivered gifts to the hospital for sick children. Such a great community guy, not to mention an awesome pitcher. Lyft is actually partnering with sick kids, asking customers to top up their ride fare to the nearest dollar, with the extra money going to help the world-renowned children's hospital with renovations. Since it is so new, you likely have not had the opportunity to take a Lyft ride, but we found someone who has already, friend of Zoomer Radio, Ari Kaplan. Hi, Ari. How you doing? Good. Tell us about your experience this morning. Yeah, so I was watching the news conference this morning at home, and I saw that Lyft was going to be operational any minute. So I had the app installed, and I went on, and I saw that there were cars around, that it was active. So I went to take a look to take me to the office, which is only about a two-kilometer drive away from home. Normally I walk, but it's a snowy day. And then to my surprise, I saw that the rates for the very first trip were like up to $72 for an SUV to take me two kilometers. And I'm thinking, whoa, that's not, that doesn't sound right. And that, that would be part of surge pricing, I guess, because of the weather that we endured this morning. I guess it's unfortunate that they had surge pricing on in their first yes. of operation. Yes, they, that's your very first impression is a $72 two-kilometer ride. Yeah. So I waited around for a few minutes, you know, I, wasn't, I was going to walk, but then I tried it again, and then the price just dropped by uh, significantly, and I ended up taking a uh, ride with a regular driver. It cost me $11 uh, to go those two kilometers, which is around the same as an Uber ride or a taxi. Right. Well, more apparently more than 50,000 people in Toronto have downloaded the Lyft application to their smartphones, and that number has probably grown today. So there will be a, a lot of uh, impressions left by this brand new service, uh, as you've also experienced this morning. Now, tell us about your ride when you actually did hop in the $11 ride. Yeah, so I came in with a guy driving uh, a Toyota Corolla red car, just like an Uber X driver would, and he was telling me that that I was his very first Lyft ride uh, ever, given, not a surprise given that it had just started. And he was telling me that it's, uh, he has both the Uber app for drivers and the Lyft app, and he has them both on at the same time. Uh, but when he, catched, uh, when he caught my ride, the one on Lyft, he said that he turned off the Uber app because if he ends up getting a call from Uber while he's taking me on Lyft and he has to decline it, then that gives him a demerit point ah. on his driver status, which isn't very nice, I would say. Now, did he give you an indication of whether that's appropriate, what he's doing, driving for both ride-sharing companies? Well, he said, and my understanding is that a lot of drivers do for both because, you know, it just doubles up potentially the uh, supply 
supply of writers. And he said it's a pretty simple fix from his point of view. Once he accepted me as the writer, and he you know he was a couple of minutes away, he then shuts off the Uber during that time, and that's the way to do it. That would allow him to catch either an Uber or a Lyft rider, and then not get the demerit points. So I mean I don't really have a view on that. For me, from my perspective as a consumer, you know I want to know that I'm getting a ride when it's coming. I want the convenience of it charging my credit card through the app, all of the things that we like about riding technology. And of course, I want to hear about your experience. If you haven't had a chance to take a Lyft ride, you likely or possibly have been in an Uber vehicle since it's been in Toronto, I guess now just over three years, September of 2014, Uber became available. So I'd like to hear from you, your impression. Have you been won over by the ride-sharing services? Are you still a taxi person? Do you have other ways to get where you're going? Transit, perhaps? 416-360-0740 or toll-free in Toronto, 1-866-744-740. Ari, before I let you go, I just want to know, have you been Ubering since uh, since the beginning of the ride-sharing service in 2014? Well, it's interesting you ask, because I don't know if you remember, but a few years ago, at the same time Uber was out, there was another app called Halo, um, H-A-I-L-O, and that app was actually uh, coordinated with the taxi industry that allowed you to hook up with taxi drivers, it and I preferred using that for the first couple of years, but then they got out of North America because Uber just got too strong. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I shifted to Uber. But at the same time, I, I'm a big supporter of the taxi industry. My, my grandfather drove a taxi in the 1950s uh, in Toronto, and uh, I have a real affinity to the taxi uh, services. So what I normally use is Uber, but Uber has a taxi option, and what it does is that it, you know, it, it gives you all the convenience of having it on your app, having your credit card charged, not having to exchange money, but you get a real-life taxi driver in a real cab, and they use the meter, and at the end of the day, when you get out of the taxi, you get charged through the app for the taxi fare. So I've always viewed that as, you know, the, the best middle solution to, you know, recognizing that technology is here to disrupt everything in how we go about our daily lives, but also show that I'm committed to having, you know, a professional driver who's trained uh, through the taxi regulations and all of that stuff. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm a little bit disappointed with Lyft that it does not have a taxi option. So I don't know how much I'm going to end up using Lyft because I do prefer the taxi version. Well, we certainly uh, appreciate your stories and your shared experiences. And uh, thanks for calling in, Ari. My pleasure, Jane. Have a good one. You too. Friend of Zoomer Radio, Ari Kaplan. Let's go to Jerry in Toronto. Hi, Jerry. You have a comment about ride sharing? Yeah, I'd like to, uh, thanks for having me on. I'd like to give you my perspective from being uh, 45 years as a Toronto taxi owner-operator. It isn't the idea that Lyft and Uber uh, shouldn't have a taxi brokerage license. Uh, A competition is good. I happen to think their technology is excellent. And I use Uber Taxi uh, app myself, which is totally legal. They are a licensed brokerage, and uh, I abide strictly by the bylaw. Where the issues come in here, Jane, is that the city of Toronto over eight decades ago ended into a social contract with the taxi industry and made them certain promises, and we gave up an awful lot for those promises. One of the promises being restricted access. So for getting up, say, a number of hours we can work, type of cars we can drive, 
along with a number of other issues, they were to limit access to give us an opportunity to earn a living. So if they want to change the model, then why didn't they buy back the licenses and then open it up? Because now you've got 50,000 UberX vehicles, you've got 5,500 taxis, 1,200 deliveries, 750 airport exemption cars, never mind the illegal. So you've got 60,000 units that are trying to eat from a pie that can support 4,000. Therein lies your problem. That was government's fault. It's not Uber's fault. It's the city of Toronto and the province of Ontario. Now, you said they made a promise to you eight years ago. That was before these apps even existed. So, you know, the landscape has changed, which means that there has to be some flexibility on both sides, right? Well, yes, but it wasn't eight years ago. It was eight decades ago. Oh, eight decades ago. Okay. Correct. So you're talking about 80 years ago. In 1963, they allowed the, the license to have an intrinsic value which the city profited from. Uh And in 1974, they added leasing. So we have people like myself that have been in the industry 45 years. We've worked our businesses. We've tried to build up their values. And the city openly at the tribunal said, your license is your pension. Well, they have destroyed that. They have absolutely destroyed it. So if they had fled Uber and uh, Lyft in like they did Halo to work with the existing license drivers and taxi cabs absolutely great nobody's stopping them from entering but then we are being supported by the social contract that we have been working under for over 80 years well jerry you know the saying you can't stand in the way of progress but what you're saying is that progress could have happened had it been handled in a different way oh absolutely as i said the uh uh, we have some taxi companies with apps. Uh, they're not as good, in my opinion, as the Uber or probably the Lyft app. Uh, but if the technology if, uh, had been implemented by our taxi brokerages and the city had have said, well, look, we, sh- we can do this with the existing bylaw. We don't need to open up the floodgates and have 50,000 units or now almost 60,000 into, uh, a work- into a marketplace that can't su- financially support it. Because eventually government's going to have to pay for these people because there isn't enough of the pie for everybody to eat from. Okay, Jerry, thanks for your call. Thank you. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Are you happy with all the options that we have, be it taxis, be it transit? Uh, Now we have various uh, ride-hailing services. And in addition to Uber... And Lyft, there's also Face Drive, Insta Ride, and Ride In. So there are five different types of ride sharing services in the city of Toronto. Let's go to Sam Moyini. He's the president of the Toronto Taxi Fleet Operators. Thanks for hanging in there, Sam, to talk with us. Hi, how are you, Jane? Very well, thanks. There, w- there was a time when we were seeing and hearing a lot from you in opposition to Uber. How have the uh, are, is there's certainly been a lot less vocal opposition. Are you feeling uh, more placated since the changes were made to make it a more level playing field? Well, you know, it's interesting that we mentioned level playing field. I was just thinking about that. Um, what's happening here is where the level of the, the level playing field that we were promised is more and more distancing itself from us because as Uber enters the market, as other uh, ride-sharing companies enter the market, um, we're feeling more and more distant because 
there's more and more vehicles every day being introduced as ride-sharing vehicles. And to level the playing field, I have always mentioned, to level the playing field, you have, to, you have to have a balance of how many vehicles you have on the road. And if you just keep on adding and adding and adding un, unlimited amount of vehicles on the road, competing with taxis and competing with Uber vehicles and left vehicles and any ride-sharing vehicles, you know, you're just, as, as uh, Jerry was mentioning, you're just making the pie smaller and smaller for each individual driver. And I just don't think that's a level playing field. And just because we haven't been as vocal as we haven't been, as we've been in the past, is because the bylaw has just been implemented in over a year ago, about about 16 months, I believe it's been implemented. And we're waiting for a report to come back to, uh, you know, to, to ask City Hall to, you know, make it a more of a level playing field to adjust adjust the bylaw to benefit everybody. Then, especially, you know, one of the one of the biggest issues we have, and I think it, you know, to limit the amount of vehicles on the road is that. There is so many, so many people out of the city of Toronto coming in and not only affecting the tax industry, but congesting our streets and making our, uh, making our roads congested rush hour. We're, we're trying to fight congestion and traffic in the city. And we're just keep, we just keep adding and encouraging people from outside the city who normally wouldn't be in our city streets to come in and be working and picking up uh, passengers and driving around and, you know, making, making traffic hell. For everybody else. So. Don't you think, though, as a Toronto resident that, you know, I just want to get where I want to go at the most economical price in, in the quickest fashion? I mean, we can we can empathize as Toronto residents with the taxi industry in that you're having to split the pie up so many times. But when I can go on to my Uber app, for example, and somebody's at my driveway a minute later, isn't that something I'm going to celebrate as a customer of uh, the taxi slash ride sharing industry? You know, um, I I beg to differ a little bit because I think um, with the taxi industry, even prior to Uber being in the city, we had a pretty good response time. Not mm-hmm. as great as being one minute in the one minute away from your uh, from your from getting the getting the ride towards your house or wherever you're at. But we had a pretty good uh, review of the of the industry, and it said within 10 minutes, any time of the year, you'd be able to get a cab anytime, uh, whether it's summer, spring, fall, or winter. I do agree with you that the more convenience, the much, the, the more better for the consumer. But at the end of the day, we have to make sure that everybody is safe. Everybody everybody uh, gets an affordable rate. I agree with you on that, um, and I think that could be achieved without having 50,000 vehicles on the road. I don't think you need 50 or 60,000 additional vehicles on the road to make that happen. I'm sure if we had a, a limited amount of, of vehicles traveling the city, you'll have, you'll have the people who are driving the vehicles a lot more happier because they'll be able to make a full-time living instead of being all these part, um, instead of being just a part-time driver working here and there and, and, and not taking it as seriously as you should be because you're not professional enough. Um, to be to be driving as a, as a full time driver and the, and the consumer would appreciate it too because they'll get a better service. I'm speaking with as- Sam Moini, president of the Toronto Taxi Fleet Operators, uh, getting reaction to the new ride hailing service Lyft, which was launched this morning, uh, in part with Marcus Stroman, pitcher of the Blue Jays, and in conjunction with the Hospital for Sick Children. What did you think about that angle, Sam? That uh, they're partnering with sick kids, asking customers to top up their ride fare to the nearest dollar to give back to the community and in this case sick kids you know I always support any any business um, supporting 
to Kitts Hospital or any hospital for that matter. I think it's a smart move on their part, and uh, I actually applaud them for you know supporting sick kids. Uh, that's one one thing that I can say positively about them for sure is that at least they're doing something positive for our community in that sense. Yes. Uh, you know, I want to share with you uh, my experience with Uber. And, uh, you know, I've obviously taken a lot of uh, Toronto taxis, having lived in the city for 30 plus years. Uh, when Uber arrived, um, my husband and I thought, well, let's give it a try. And I have to say that we have yet to have a bad experience with Uber. We've probably taken a dozen of them, dozen, 14, 15 of them since uh, it was launched three years ago. The, the vehicles are always clean. Um, sometimes I find the drivers just a bit too chatty. I like that, you know, that the driver is focused on the road. And if I engage the driver, that's fine. But otherwise, I think the driver should keep their mind on the road. So I would say there's a little bit too much of a social element possibly with the Uber drivers because it's their way of interacting with the public, whereas taxi drivers are more <laughs> professional in that they're driving for a living. That's my experience. I want to hear from you, 416 360 0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Have you become converted? Are you taking a ride-sharing service, primarily Uber? Would you be willing to try Lyft? Or are you a holdout to tradition? You like the taxi, you like the reliability, you like the professionalism, uh, the standards and so on, and you prefer to support the taxi industry. We'd like to hear from you. A few minutes left in this conversation, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Sam, where are we at in the process with municipal licensing and standards? I know... So Toronto City Council introduced rules to allow Uber to operate legally last year. And then earlier this year, we were expecting a report examining how Uber drivers may be changing traffic patterns on city streets. What have you heard? Well, there was supposed to be a report back a year after uh, um, implementation, um, and it's been delayed. But I've been told that by May of uh, or second quarter of, uh, of 2018, they will be introducing that report out. And at that time, we're hoping to communicate with city council, communicating with the mayor, and making sure that the things that we think are affecting our industry and also the communities that are, that are in Toronto and in the GTA are going to be treated fairly and the consumer is going to be respected and make sure the safety standards are, are more, more um, a lot more better. Because as we all know, there's always these sexual assaults that happen in Uber vehicles. There's... There's drivers that are not as trained as, as they should be in certain, certain aspects in, in safety. Yeah, give um, us an idea of the difference between the training that a ride-sharing driver versus a taxi driver has. And obviously you're biased since you're the president of the Toronto Taxi Fleet Operators. But, I mean, you, you can be somewhat objective about this. Well, you know, the, the thing, as I said, anybody, uh, I used to say anybody and their uncle and their aunt or their mother can become an Uber driver overnight. Before, there used to be a three-week course with the taxi industry to become a taxi driver, and that's been eliminated. However, uh, there is a a course for taxi drivers right now that a lot of brokerages are getting involved with, and that's at Centennial College, where it's about a, I think there's a six-day, full-day course that you must take, including an uh, in-driving aspect of it, and that's a big difference that the taxi industry has done on its own, mm-hmm. mind you. There's no regulation by the city to do that. They've done that on their own. 
and we're proud of that. And we want to make sure that, as you said, we want to make sure you have a professional ride. We want to make sure you have a safe ride. You know, our cabs have cameras inside them to make sure that not only the passenger is safe, but so is the driver. Um, there's a lot of differences between cabs and and uh, and ride-sharing vehicles, and and for the safety aspect and for insurance and all these things that are very important, I think, to people and their own safety of their families and themselves, that they would the, the, that they would want the same kind of protection in an Uber vehicle that they would have in a taxi. So we're trying to balance that out and also making sure some of the concerns of the taxi industry to make it more of a level playing field for people to be able to make a living for their family is a little more balanced as well. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm hoping, and I've been, some councillors have reached out to me and also uh, spoken with the mayor's uh, uh, office, and they've told me that they will be looking at it and hopefully that something will come about it in May and we can balance the playing field for everybody. Okay, let's go to Dennis in Brampton. Hi, Dennis. You're on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. Thanks for taking my call, Jane. And, and Sam's comment just a moment ago uh, was touches on the uh, the question I have more about ride sharing and highlighted today. I was reminded of um, a friend of mine who witnessed a, a bad accident where a uh, an individual suffered life-threatening injuries and was in an Uber vehicle. And my concern has been from the beginning is, is if in fact that happens and you are injured in an uber vehicle mm-hmm. uh where is the insurance to uh, provide for uh your injuries because there's no guarantee that from what i've heard that uh uber or lyft drivers are required to uh purchase the additional insurance to operate as a commercial vehicle and i'll just leave you to comment on that okay sam go ahead you can respond to that you know, it's it's quite interesting because their insurance is very vague. You know, prior to uh, when they were rele- when they first released uh, Uber into the city, Uber X, mind you, because Uber was uh, working with taxis prior uh, to launching Uber X, is that they didn't have any insurance and they were not covered. Now, supposedly, they have got this blanket insurance that right. is very that is very vague and is very, uh, we still don't completely understand it in the taxi industry. Uh, as much as we should, and the city doesn't really give us much of a much of an education on it as well. Um, I can tell you that in, when you get in a cab, you have a fully commercially insured vehicle, meaning that no matter where where that cab is, that cab is insured and everybody in it and everybody outside it as well. And the commercial with their with their commercial insurance, but Uber it's it's a very vague insurance policy. We don't know how it works exactly. As I, and I'm in the industry and I. You know, I'm one of the representatives of the taxis, and I've tried to wrap my head around it and do some research, but I still don't understand exactly how it works perfectly. Um, I know for for a fact if an Uber is driving on the road and they don't have the app on or they're just, you know, waiting for a fare, I could be wrong a little bit on this. Maybe somebody else can tell me about it as well, is that that cab is not commercially insured, and the personal insurance would have to take care of the any accident that occurs and they won't accept it because, according to them, a lot of personal insurance companies that if you are driving commercially, your uh, private insurance gets uh, canceled. So it's not it's not a policy where it will be protecting uh, the driver itself. Uh, well, there were some rules and regulations when, when Uber was officially legalized. There were mm-hmm. rules around that that municipal licensing and standards put out. Right. There was, and that's why I'm saying um, this is another thing that we, we thought was not level mm-hmm. because according to the taxi industry, we have to have full commercial insurance, meaning 
There's no ways around it. You have to get it. It's a $10,000 policy per year per cap, um, which is astonishing and astonishingly high. And uh, that's one of the things that we that we always complain that it's not fair that we have to have a $10,000 insurance for for uh, for our cabs. And Uber can ask the consumer to pay a $2 fee and have their own policy without without any extra charge. And, you know, Uber drivers are, are always avoiding to tell their private insurers that they're working for Uber because they know they'll get into trouble with their private insurance companies if they say they're working as a commercial vehicle. Right. So it's 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 a very you know uh well it's an evolving industry for exactly. sure. Um we do need to wrap up here Sam. I thank you for your time for spending the half hour with us. No problem. My pleasure. Sam Moyini. Yeah, all the best to you. Sam Moyini, president of the Toronto Taxi Fleet Operators. Uh should also mention that we did reach out to a number of taxi companies as well as municipal licensing and standards and Uber uh their perspective on the added competition with Lyft and although there was no one available to speak with us today. They did send a statement saying that Uber is proud to have paved the way for ride sharing in Canada and they welcome the competition. So uh, they have certainly handled it in the right way in terms of uh, making it appear as though they are the founders of ride sharing in Toronto. We're moving along to another topic, how important good air circulation is to your home and why, be it winter or summer. That's coming up next. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.